0: Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in
1: to another edition of Stand Up For The Truth. I'm not sure where to even start today, but I have a pretty good idea. Don't tune out. Don't shut me off yet. We're two months from an election that could change the course of America and history. And that is not a grandiose statement by any stretch because you're seeing some of what the other side wants to do. Their agenda has been exposed. That's what we're going to talk about today, the battle for the soul of America. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for just giving us life, freedom, In this country, we are so blessed, Lord. Forgive us for taking it for granted. Thank you for giving us hope, a hope that the world does not have, nor do they understand, but that hope in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is an anchor to our souls. We recognize today that everyone here, every one of us as believers in Christ, those within the sound of my voice, we are here because you have a plan and purpose for our lives. And that purpose is not to be comfortable, not to take care of self, look out for number one, and just worry about our families. That purpose is to shine the light of Christ wherever we are, wherever we go in our daily lives, to bring people, as many people along with us, to be saved from eternal damnation as possible. How do we do that, Lord? Help us. Give us wisdom in these days. And Father, please have mercy on your church That this country may be preserved a little bit longer we lift this time up to you today prepare our hearts for what you want to speak to us and guide me Lord I must decrease you must increase Holy Spirit lead the way we love you we commit this to you in Jesus name Amen well I just got in the door uh, this morning I was running a little late but I was at a pastor's conference in Texas And uh, what a phenomenal uh, experience for me. It was in Dallas, and um, these men of God are just— many of them were just so blessed to be there, to be a part of this. It was called America at the Crossroads, a 911 call to pastors. And I can't—if you're listening, if your pastor needs something like this, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's It's like a pastor's boot camp. It was like training on all the issues that we need to be talking about in addition to teaching sound doctrine at our churches. I've gotten emails. I've gotten texts from people here in this area when I, was, when I got home, even when I was away, about just frustration because their pastors have not been talking about these things and what's happening in our country. They've been avoiding them. That's not the right answer either. Nor do I want to say that being all about politics, some are a little too heavy into that. But we've got to strike that balance, brothers and sisters. And and if you're a pastor, I want to encourage you. Um, I met so many men of God, most of them older than me, at this conference that have been pastoring for years, many of them smaller churches and We're talking about some of these issues that we discuss on Stand Up For The Truth, social justice, Marxism, the globalist movement, what's happening, the infiltration in our country, the seeker-sensitive, the emergent church, liberalism infecting Christianity. We talked about a lot of these things, and they are not up to speed on so much. So understand, be patient with your pastor, first of all. Go to him in love. Ask him to please not only teach the Word of God, the whole counsel of God, but ask him to inform his people on the political process, the benefits of a free government, religious freedoms, the Constitution that we have, how those benefits and blessings could be removed like that in one election. And you know I'm not exaggerating. Maybe eight years ago you might have thought, nah. But now you get it. So what do we do here? Well, my Freedom Project article today is going to be talking about this. I'm just going to read through some of this to share with you what's been on my heart to try to condense what I experienced at this pastor's conference. And and let me encourage you guys. There is a remnant of pastors from all over the country that were at this conference in Dallas, Texas, and they are going back to their congregations. And they are stirred up, and they're going to say many of them will be apologizing to their congregations for not talking about, quote, politics. What are social and political issues? Drumroll, please. They are moral issues. The Bible has something to say about anything that we experience in our lives as Christians, including government, including freedom of speech including abortion. Is abortion a political issue? No. You know exactly how I feel on that. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, I don't need to beat a dead horse, and that horse is dead. But anyway, um, we're going to talk about the party platforms a little bit in a couple minutes. We're going to talk about a letter to an anti-Trump Christian friend, (laughs) a never-Trumper. And, you know, I don't— I was going to say I don't mock those people, but I don't think they're looking at it in a balanced, healthy way. They're looking at it from— uh, they're triggered. Something triggered them. They're looking at it in an emotional way, but so I just returned from this phenomenal conference. And by the way, Liberty. Let me Liberty Pastors. Um, Liberty Pastors is it dot com, org or dot com? Let me see if it's dot com. I don't. I'm not sure if it is. I encourage you to go check out some of these presentations. So libertypastors.com, I think that's what it is. So if you go to this page, it's connected to a church in Oklahoma, uh, a Baptist church in Oklahoma, Edmond, Oklahoma, because two of the pastors there were the men that were facilitating this conference. Click on presentations, and you'll say, oh, well, that's cool stuff we've been talking about on Standard for the Truth. <laughs> well, these presentations um, uh, were really beneficial to a lot of pastors from different parts of the country that were at this conference that really hadn't been talking about a lot of these things, Marxism being one of them. So, I'm happy to report, be encouraged, there's a growing movement of godly men. I've referred to these men of God and Christians that get it as the remnant. Um, They're refusing to back down and be silent about what's happening? Are you silent about injustice? Okay, great. What about evil being called good and good evil? Oh, okay. You're you're willing to be silent about that, but you want to speak to a movement that's going on in our country right now that's not e- that has the furthest thing from the a Christian foundation as possible. Um, so I won't. But I'm re- being uh, redundant here. Um, so there is a sense of urgency, friends, and I encourage you to pray. You might need to repent for being silent, taking care of number one, just worrying about your own life. Well, I've done that. It's easy to do that in America. After all, I like to say we're in the United States of entertainment, so that's one of our main goals is to just be entertained, distracted, take care of our family, not who cares what's happening in our culture. And... Let me just get back to some of my notes for this article today. By the way, I believe the video will be up at 4 p.m. today. It will premiere at freedomproject.com. So don't tune out. I know some of you already think, oh, separation of church and state. We shouldn't be talking about these issues in church. Well, I know this is a radio podcast, so we can talk about this, and we can encourage you to get it out to your pastor. Someone's morality will be legislated in Washington. Do you want that to be someone that's a Christian or believes in the Constitution, or do you want that to be someone that's against God, that has rejected God, truth, and is against what this country stood for, stands for, and, you know, they want to take Christians down because we're the last preserving influence, I believe in this country so we are just eight weeks away from a huge election it is a pivotal time in our history I don't need to convince you of that E-Day is two months from today and that's why I had this marked on the calendar as this subject to talk about with you today thanks to organizations like uh, the American Family Association Family Research Council many others there are serious efforts going on now and they have been this year I know we've all been distracted by the uh, corona pandemic, but but um, Christian leaders from across the country are encouraging their flocks to understand the times we're living, and they're trying. There's some godly men. I call them the rem- remnant. They're trying to just in- encourage and inform their congregations. Yes, to engage in the political process. Ah, <gasps> politics! One of my most popular articles on my website, davidfiorazzo.com, is on the Johnson Amendment and the agenda against Christians in America. Look up the Johnson Amendment. Why is that the most popular blog? It surprised me. Because even if you're not a Christian, people want to know how this thing started where there was all of a sudden a, a hush almost collectively. I said that for a dramatic effect. There was almost a hush collectively in churches around the nation in 1954 when progressive Senator Lyndon Johnson, before he came, became president, he passed this Johnson Amendment. He slipped it in to a massive legislation being debated on the Texas uh, Senate floor about uh, the tax code. It was an overhaul bill of the tax code at that time. He slipped in the Johnson Amendment having to do with free speech. Why did he do that? There were anti-communist and conservative groups, some Christian nonprofits. Hmm, anti-communist against Lyndon Johnson? And he became president. Why would anti-communist groups be against him? Oh, communism. Oh, the dirty word. Well, you can say what you want about Johnson, but he said these people are speaking out against me. Uh, he went to the uh, IRS, I guess, and they said, well, it's legal, free speech. They can do that. They're talking about politics. They're saying they're concerned about your policies. And, and um, he said, all right, what can I do? So he created this bill that said nonprofits and churches can no longer speak about political candidates from the pulpit, from the church. Even nonprofits that weren't even part of a church could not Speak about candidates, or they would be fined by the IRS. What? Of course, that doesn't even sound like America, does it? Sounds like Nazi Germany, doesn't it? But that got into the bill. It was wasn't even reviewed, from what I understand in my uh, research of that history, that time in 1954, there was not even a review of that bill, because the the tax code overhaul they were working on was so massive. So that gives you a little idea of what happened in 1954 that now pastors, ignorant of what the bill would do and whether they would get in trouble or not, they stopped talking about politics and political issues. What's a political issue? Well, abortion would have been an issue. Um, uh, Teaching evolution in public schools, that would have been a political, quote, issue. Marriage between one man and one woman, that's a, quote, political issue. Free market capitalism versus socialism, that would have been a, quote, political issue. What else? Go on down the down the list, you guys. So now I, that was free, by the way. That wasn't even in my notes. But that's just a little background on the Johnson Amendment. And I believe President Trump did campaign on this. In fact, I was one of the few people that wrote on it, Before Trump was elected, I just the year before he was elected, I wrote this article on the Johnson Amendment, the attack, the agenda against Christians. When he campaigned saying I'm going to overturn the Johnson Amendment, that's one of the promises he made. People started Googling Johnson Amendment. Do you know whose website came up in the top five of Google search results worldwide? DavidFiorazzo.com. I was I was like, thank you. Thank you. At that time, it was Donald Trump. It wasn't President Trump. So my, that's how that article and blog got thrown around. And then, of course, everybody started writing about the Johnson Amendment. But I'm, I'm very thankful that at least it got out there. So we know a little bit of history now. So pastors either purposely didn't want to talk about politics anyway, or they, this amendment was passed, and now they go, ooh, I don't want to be sued by the IRS. We're a 501c3. And I know a lot of you have strong feelings and opinions on whether the church should even have a nonprofit status, because that might limit us in some way. But let's uh, move on to talk about uh, what I'm going to discuss today at Freedom Project. So in addition to sound doctrine and the whole counsel of God, if your pastor is not talking about the Bible prophecy, for one thing, and globalism and the push for a one-world government and a one-world religion, that's part of Bible prophecies. That's part of what we're going to be facing. We already are. If they're not talking about the importance of liberty, the biblical worldview, the role of government, freedom of religious expression, and, quote, politics from the pulpit, pray for him. Before you leave that church, lovingly approach him and ask him if he would do that with such an important election coming up two months from today. I know a lot of you are frustrated. I hear from you. God bless you. Hold the line. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. That's what we're called to do, not just pastors, but individual believers. Maybe your pastor might not. Maybe you can influence and encourage people at your church. We've got work to do, friends. Why? Many have been deceived. They've fallen for the lie that we've got to keep church and state separate. But that is a misunderstanding and a misapplication, not only of the U.S. Constitution, but of truth. I don't have time to get into it right now. Most of you are aware of, uh, in, I believe, those late 1700s, 1801, 1802, Thomas Jefferson wrote a letter to the Danbury Baptist Association in Connecticut because they were concerned about, I believe at that time, the Episcopal Church being favored as one of the uh, churches uh, that many uh, of the, uh, you know, Founders and and early uh, Patriots there were a member of those congregations So the Baptist Association said wait a minute shouldn't we all be treated equally and and uh, should the government shouldn't favor one church over the other Even though many of you are members of one church. So chi- this is not even in the Constitution friends period In a personal letter from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptist he wrote You are absolutely right and we have no intention of of elevating one denomination over another, or one religion over another. But there should be a healthy wall of separation between church and state. That was in a private letter from Thomas Jefferson. In one of my books, uh, The Cost of Our Silence, I wrote a chapter called The Separation of Christianity and State. Hmm, I thought it was the separation of church and state. But what's happening in America today? Islam is not being separated. Mormonism is not being separated. Wicca, humanism, secularism, atheism is not being separated. Only Christianity. So don't believe the rewritten history that says our founders and pastors did not intend to live in a country influenced by God and Judeo-Christian values. That's what our Constitution is based upon, the laws of nature and nature's God. But millions of professing Christians or religious Americans don't seem to care because they don't vote. And now we're in danger of losing this republic. I am not exaggerating, and I hope you know that. In this nation, we are blessed to have a voice. We have the right, privilege, and responsibility to engage in the process of electing leaders to represent us who in turn, once elected, pass legislation that will affect nearly every aspect of our lives. There are some city mayors and governors who have been elected by our votes, well, not mine, who are affecting and controlling citizens in different states in this country by shutdowns, mask mandates, and many other things about how you can do business and even how you can do church. That's unconstitutional, friends. Christian, you are commanded in the Scriptures to love the Lord your God, to love your neighbor as yourself, to love your fellow citizens, to do good. What does that mean, to do good? To shine the light of Christ in society and to be a flavoring and a preserving salt in culture But that hasn't happened because morality is decaying in America, isn't it? We've not done a great job in these things. And one day, every one of us, not just our pastors and church leaders, we will answer to God for what we did and did not do. Never be ashamed of the gospel and stop backing down. Remember, political issues, social issues are moral issues. And the Bible has much to say about these things to guide us on what to believe, what to support, and yes, about what to look for in electing leaders. We've got to take a break. A lot more to come
0: if you can tolerate it when we come back on Stand Up for the Truth. Don't go anywhere. Your monthly financial support of standupforthetruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up for the Truth with David Fiorazzo. Isaiah 41. Uh, I just love the book
1: of Isaiah. I know you guys do too. God said, Um, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called you from its remotest parts and said to you, you are my servant, I have chosen you and not rejected you. Verse 10, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. We all know Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Let's not lose heart in doing good. For in due season we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. That's Galatians six nine Verse 10 says, Therefore do good to all people, but especially to those who are of the household of the faith. So do good, especially to believers. One of the ways you can do good in your community, in your country, is to vote, Christian friend. Be, be, be angry at me. Be offended that I'm saying your responsibility is to vote if you're a good Christian. But please do something about it. Please don't just turn the radio off and say, well, oh, screw him. Why don't you vote? Because your party doesn't have a platform you can support? Well, then I think you should think about changing parties. You don't have to even be part of a party at all. You can just be a citizen that's concerned for the well-being and the health and safety and future of your country and your children, your grandchildren. You can go vote anyway. So let's continue what we were discussing before we took a break. It's a uh, a blessing and a privilege to exercise our God-given opportunity to choose what direction we want our country to take and elect our leaders. Think about this. Depending on what statistics you believe, somewhere between 24 million and 54 million Christians did not show up to vote in the last election. Now, I know that's a pretty wide gap because I've heard different numbers, but let's just take the bottom, 24 million. Do you know (laughs) that elections wouldn't even be close if those Christians were truly converted, Holy Spirit-filled and led and Bible-believing and had a true Christian worldview and voted according to the principles taught in Scripture— it, we'd have a different country, friends, and you know that. Some of you have given up. Ah, it's the option between the lesser of two evils. So tired of that one. Do we even have to refute that continually? I'm not going to. I'll withhold my tongue. Um, so <laughs> when we hold a true biblical worldview, on sound doctrine, on the essentials of the faith, and a biblical morality, the choices are incredibly clear because the party platforms show two sharply different versions of America. One platform rejects God, family, morality, restraint, self-restraint, where man and government is God. The other platform understands God is our authority They may not be perfect, but they know society functions best with healthy families when we live our lives loving God and our neighbor and by the biblical morality and the rule of law. But sadly, culture has influenced too many Christians. Repent, if that applies to you, rather than Christians influencing culture. Liberalism has infected and infested churches like a virus some citizens that are Christians have dropped the ball, stopped voting, stopped, they backed out of culture <clears throat> for whatever reason. There are many reasons. I call them excuses. This, ha- this went over a half century ago when we went back to the Johnson Amendment, even in the 1950s, 60s. You see now, <laughs> after that, what happened? The sexual revolution. Um, anyway, so here's the residual effect when Christians do not vote and preach the true gospel and live up to their responsibility to preserve and influence their society for righteousness, their culture, for Christ. Here's the effect, the consequences. Ready? It's a list. And this is not an abbreviated list, by the way. Truth has been defined. God is mocked. Prayer in the Bible expelled from public schools. God's laws from the public square. But sin is celebrated. Pleasure Exalted. Abortion legalized. We've seen the increase of adultery, divorce, homosexuality, rampant promiscuity, Hollywood poisoning the minds of children, corporations controlling what we do, public schools pushing a progressive godless agenda, record high suicide rates, or at least attempts among young people, radical feminism, Witchcraft, legalized same-sex marriage, government corruption, political gridlock, gender confusion, sexual anarchy, racial division, riots in our cities paid for by American haters and globalists. But you have a say. It doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't. But it is. So we can only... uh, do what we can do to work on our own hearts, our own relationship with the Lord, and our own understanding of what He wants for our lives. Let's start there individually. Then let's get our pastors speaking about important issues. In love, they have a hard job. I've talked to many, many of them down in Texas over the last four days. But we need to take this opportunity. Right now we've got two months and rally the remnant, rally the troops. We are soldiers of Christ. Like many across America, though, what we're seeing now, today, I think has awakened a lot of people because we've observed it is stunning the speed with which our history, spiritual strength, economy, and our very way of life has been almost dismantled. Let's admit we took too much for granted and became comfortable. We're in a blessed nation, but believers, let's move on. We let let down our collective guards. Today's church resembles more the lukewarm church of Laodicea, Jesus warned about in Revelation chapter 3. So in order to have a healthy nation, we need a healthy, vibrant, influential church committed to preaching the gospel of repentance. That word, repentance, how often do you hear it? Repentance, sin, hell, righteousness, the judgment of God. How often do you hear those five things I just mentioned? Okay, that, then you answered that, right? There's part of the problem. But even though the church has done some good things over the centuries, we have. We've done more for the world than any other ism, religion, or philosophy, but we haven't been truly healthy in this nation for quite some time. Um, maybe you've heard of—this is really interesting, guys— uh, the, the following historical idea about the cycle of freedom, about how great nations have risen— and fallen through the centuries. As you hear this, think of how America was founded, where we started, and where we are today. Ready? Here's how it works. The people generally go from bondage. Remember, we, we fled religious persecution and bondage from Europe, from England, the Church of England to come here to this land. They generally go from bondage to spiritual truth, and awakening, which leads to great courage, from courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance and prosperity, from abundance to selfishness, from selfishness to comfort and complacency, from complacency to apathy, from apathy to dependence on government, and from dependence Back into bondage our problems in this country are more daunting than one election in November could possibly fix but it sure would be a good start but the church has to be revived awakened whatever word you want to use to describe and mobilized why has there been a constant opposition and attacks on the Trump administration attacks on our free speech in the public square attacks on anyone having the audacity to admit they're Republican conservative or Christian there, here, well you know the answer guys there's a very real enemy of our souls who hates us who hates anyone who represents God who hates America and the foundation she was built upon that rock was Christ I don't believe we need, need to even debate that, how we were founded, even though they've rewritten history now and changed the textbooks, and anyone under 25 probably goes, what, wait, we weren't, we weren't built on Christ as a nation. All other ground is sinking sand, friends. So why would some people within our own borders want to sink this great nation? Understand this battle is spiritual. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Part of the solution, then, must be the revival and strengthening and the building back up of the body of Christ, the church. And at the same time, we've got another battle. We've got to fight for the blessings that we have, including freedom of religious expression, the freedoms that have been pillars in our history, The attacks coming against believers, against patriots, and especially, as we're seeing, against the Trump administration, have been relentless. And the Democrat media is not letting up. They're in full campaign mode for the progressive party of godlessness, socialism, and communism. I've got another list here, a short one, though. They are practically working together as a coalition, whether many of them recognize it or not. I know I've mentioned this before, but I put it into my article for today. Here are just some of the groups and entities who want a very different country. Antifa, Big Tech, Black Lives Matter, Communists, Corporations, Democrats, education, the K-12 system, environmentalists, globalists, Hollywood, Islam, LGBT, Marxists, mainstream media, Planned Parenthood, socialists, universities, witches, the occult, the World Economic Forum, and the United Nations. In no particular order, so I put it <laughs> alphabetically. So now let's look at this on the surface there against President Trump, right, of course, but why? He ruined their plans to coronate Queen Hillary with power, absolute power, in 2016. And we would have been a different country already had that happened. Christians, I encourage you to read Isaiah 45 and King Cyrus, who was a pagan, but God said he anointed him for such a time. Cyrus. Am I comparing King Cyrus to President Trump? I don't know, but I think it's an interesting parallel. Trump came into office. I don't believe he was a Christian. He may be now. He's got some fruit <laughs> to to grow and, and to produce, as many of us do. we've We have a past, don't we? Uh, But he ruined their plans in 2016. They spent billions of dollars to have a Hillary Clinton America. But they're also opposed to our history. Why? Our Constitution, capitalism, or their perception of what the country represents. There's a very different education system now if you're over 40, 45, let's just say 40, than when the rest of us were in school. Um, so no wonder kids can, in good conscience, meaning they're seared consciences, or they have to actually deny their conscience. But in their opinion, good conscience, they can go say America is evil and tear down statues and monuments and history and, and you know w- war against the free market system, or against capitalism, against people living in nice homes because they worked all their lives to, uh, for a job to buy a home to raise their family in. But there's young people in America now that are saying, you've got to give that to someone else. You don't deserve it. So basically, they're anti-American. The Pledge of Allegiance is offensive, and God they do not trust, and the national anthem is not their anthem anymore. Enemies of Christ almost seem possessed to achieve their goals no matter the cost. They justify destroying life, property, authority to gain power for their evil lords. It is, friends. It's demonic at its core. It is demonic what we're seeing on our city streets. If you're not of the spirit of Christ, you are a spirit of the Antichrist, or at least you have a demonic spirit because there's only one Holy Spirit. The rest have to be unholy spirits, and we are spiritual beings in physical bodies. I reported a month ago on globalists who have been working on breaking down the American system. You can find that on StandUpForTheTruth.com. Just type in... um, I don't know, reset Christianity or reset, uh, reimagine uh, Christianity and capitalism, something like that in our search bar if you're interested in that one. Um, so now they're gladly using the coronavirus to try to redirect our country and even change our free market system and do so many other things. Christians, if you don't think voting is vitally important, you may be part of the problem. Yes, your prayers are important. Yes, taking care of your family is important. Absolutely, yes, preaching the gospel is important. But so is making disciples, and I think we've fallen short on that one. But government and what rules us is also important because it affects what we can do, right? We can only speculate what's going to happen in November. I've got two minutes before I've got to take a break here. But the chaos we're seeing in the news in our cities is in large part A smokescreen meant to distract you, to intimidate you, to prevent people from seeing the truth about what's really going on and the agenda of the left. Christians must again recognize how precious and even vulnerable our freedoms are. I think most of us are feeling it. You've heard it said politics is downstream from culture, meaning culture influences government. Ideally, though, faith, religion, should be shaping culture, which in turn shapes politics. We've had it backwards for too many decades. So do you love God and the country you live in? Then pray and mobilize. You can have an impact in your sphere of influence. Decide now to encourage as many people as you can, to cl- who, those who, especially those who claim or profess the name of Christ. To speak up, get off their butts, and get out of their house and vote to preserve liberty for as long as we can have this republic under God. We are all here for such a time as this. Um, We need to get going, friends. Get back on track. And we'll see what happens in this election. We've got two months. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the two-party platforms. We're not talking about personality, friends, between Biden and Trump. That can be tedious. (laughs) Let's get to the platforms, the policy, which is most important. And let's look at a letter to an anti-Trump
0: Christian friend. More to come on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo.
1: We are ruffling feathers today, and I'm glad and blessed to be able to do it. I am David Fiorazzo. This is Stand Up For The Truth. We are standing up because we have to. Actually, we don't have to, but I think it's the right thing to do. For such a time as this, I think one of the problems in the church is that we do not recognize the state that we are in morally and spiritually in America. And in um, the Old Testament, the men of Issachar were those who understood the times and knew what to do. We need wisdom to know what to do, right? But in the Bible, it talks about the men of Issachar who understood the times. And the Bible says these men, it, it held them up in esteem to some degree. So what does that mean to understand the times? That means not only to be teaching the Word of God to the people, equipping the saints, but also recognizing from a spiritual perspective the attacks on Christians, on people, on a country, on liberty, that the enemy is behind these attacks. We understand these volatile and pivotal times we are living in let's be men of Issachar who understand the times and know what to do about it so let's start, start with the issue of education we're talking about the party platforms now between Republican and Democrat Republican will fight for school choice and local control they recognize that parents not the government are a child's first and foremost educators and Republicans of course opposed Common Core They supported homeschooling. They do support homeschooling. Private schools, vouchers, tuition tax credits. They encourage teaching the Bible as an elective in public schools. Democrat, silent on school choice. They believe a strong public education system is an anchor of this democracy for all children. That's all they say about it. But you know what kind of education system we have? Is it a strong education system? we know I don't want to get into all that but it's been declining for decades and they keep throwing money at the problem is that the solution friends no but our tax dollars go toward that so our taxes go up a little bit they keep throwing money billions of dollars at education and test scores continue to drop and look what they're teaching you know the curriculums that are in public schools if you've been even remotely informed you know exactly what they're teaching and most government run schools. so next let's go to the next topic then sex education republicans support sexual risk avoidance education that sets abstinence until marriage as the responsible and respected standard of behavior democrats promote condom based sex education meaning they think kids are going to do it anyway we let's give them condoms and in and uh, educate them on sexual issues as early as possible that's the Democrat platform let's go on the next issue transgender bathrooms in public schools Republicans oppose the Obama administration's title IX transgender bathroom edict since it is at once illegal dangerous and ignores privacy issues and also it imposes a social and cultural revolution upon the American people by wrongly Redefining Sex Discrimination to Include Sexual Orientation or Other Categories Democrat They support the Obama administration's redefinition of sex administration in Title IX to mandate transgender bathrooms and showers in public schools and universities through, quote, the continued development of sex discrimination law to cover LGBT people and quote next social experiments in the military Republican we reject the use of the military as a platform for social experimentation and will not accept or continue attempts to undermine military priorities as mission readiness military readiness should not be sacrificed on the altar of political correctness and I've got to save time, so I'm going to move on to the Democrat platform. They support the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. They claim our military is strongest when it includes people of all sexual orientations and gender identities, such as by paying for transgender sex change operations and allowing men with gender dysphoria to use women's showers, barracks, and bathrooms. And also the Democrats push to include elective abortion coverage in military and veteran benefits next issue international abortion and LGBT agenda Republican oppose the federal government funding abortion overseas and calls for the restoring of Mexico City policy to bar federal money from going to foreign organizations which provide or promote abortion as in China's one child policy Republicans condemn the Obama administration for imposing on foreign recipients especially the people of Africa its own radical social agenda while excluding faith-based groups Democrat platform calls for funding abortion on demand overseas by repealing the Helms Amendment which bars U.S. foreign money for abortion They will ensure America's foreign policy is inclusive of LGBT people around the world including combating efforts by any nation to infringe on LGBT rights, and that's the Democrat platform. On terrorism, just briefly, Republican, radical Islamic terrorism poses an existential threat to personal freedom and peace around the world. We oppose its brutal assault on all human beings, all of whom have inherent dignity. Democrats believe in defeating terrorism and combating climate change. Uh, next, uh, boy, this, these, there's so many things here. Uh, sanctity of human life. Uh, Republicans are proud to be the party that protect human life and offer real solutions for women and strongly oppose infanticide. They support the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, a human life constitutional amendment, a ban on abortion at 20 weeks, when unborn babies can feel pain, a ban on abortion based on sex or disability, a ban on dismemberment abortion in which unborn babies are literally torn apart limb from limb in their mother's wombs, uh, abortion clinic safety regulations. Do you stop there? Do you know uh, the abortion industry is one of the least regulated in the country? Back to the Republican platform: a born uh, a, a ban. Uh, they support a ban on human clothing. Cl- I'm sorry, human cloning. No, they. We really want people to wear clothes. A ban on human cloning, and um, they are against the use of public funds to perform or promote abortion or to fund organizations like Planned Parenthood. Democrat platform: they call for government funded taxpayer dollars toward abortion on demand through all nine months of pregnancy by quote repealing the Hyde Amendment which bans federal money for elective abortion Democrats will overturn federal and state laws and policies that impede a woman's access to abortion and they will continue to stand up to Republican efforts to defund Planned Parenthood So you can, you're seeing the contrast right how about redefining marriage Republican platform the American family is the foundation of civil society and the cornerstone of the families uh, is Natural marriage the union of one man and one woman We condemn the Supreme Court's ruling in Obergefell versus Hodges we uh, urge its reversal and con- Return the control over marriage to the states Wouldn't that be constitutional states rights? Hmm Democrat platform, they support the redefinition of marriage through the court's judicial activism in 2015, which was accomplished, and that uh, recognized LGBT people have the right to marry the person they love. And we know the slippery slope there. Where does it stop? How many people can you marry? Who do you love? At what age? Next, um, religious liberty versus the LGBT agenda. Republicans support the freedom of Americans to act in accordance with their religious beliefs, not only in church, but also in their everyday lives. We value the right of America's religious, religious leaders to preach. Did you hear that? And Americans to speak freely according to their faith. That's what we've been talking about in this podcast, friends. That's part of the Republican platform. Let's go to the Democrat platform. Um, they claim the LGBT rights trump religious freedom. Did you hear what I just said? And we're seeing that in court cases. The LGBT rights, they they give them special rights that trump religious freedom and reject the misuse of religion to discriminate, end quote. They will punish faith-based organizations that contract with the government and pull tax-adempt status of uh, religious universities without transgender bathrooms and showers. This is what they want to do. Through imposing federal non-discrimination protections for all LGBT Americans on the basis of, quote, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity. Can't go through these all, but how about God in government? The Democrat platform is silent on the role of God in government. The Republican platform says, if God-given natural inalienable rights come in conflict with government, court, or human-granted rights, God-given natural inalienable rights always prevail. Mm. A Republican platform supports the rights, the public display of the Ten Commandments as a reflection of our history and our country's Judeo-Christian heritage. And Supreme Court, Democrat will appoint judges to protect a woman's right to abortion, a right to choose, and a progressive agenda of equality for all. Their definition of equality in which LGBT rights, Trump religious liberty, Republican platform, we support the appointment of judges who respect traditional family values and the sanctity of innocent human life. They seek to enable courts to begin to reverse the long line of activist judicial decisions. And we'll stop right there for today. A lot of information. I didn't even get to that letter, the uh, letter to an anti-Trump Christian friend. We'll get to that another time later this week. But I hope you were informed, challenged, encouraged, and even offended by some of what you heard today on this podcast. If truth offends you, so be it, my friend. I, I, I welcome your uh, disagreement, respectful disagreement. Please email comments at com. I gladly want to have respectful debates and conversations with people. I think healthy discourse is so important that we can love one another and still agree to disagree but no one would disagree with the fact that our country is at a very volatile and pivotal point in history and two months from today this election will be huge (laughs) but we trust God in all things we understand what the Bible teaches including Bible prophecy that America is just a blip on the radar may be insignificant in the end times but our support of israel right now matters tremendously that what we didn't even get to that platform democrats do not support israel generally republicans do support our greatest ally israel and that's one of the top platforms that we didn't even get to but anyway god bless you guys um we're going to take a break in a minute we've got a lot of exciting podcasts coming up and guests to tell you about the rest of this week so um when we come back, we'll encourage, we'll keep on encouraging you guys. I want to have you share this podcast with a Christian friend who is apathetic about voting and about protecting liberty, and maybe even share it with your pastor. Remember, I just got back from a pastor's conference. I, I think I have the heartbeat of American pastors who are concerned about this country. Praise God. A whole lot more coming
0: up on Stand Up For The Truth. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth.
1: Oh, guys, thank you so much for uh, putting up with me. I'm just uh, supercharged after that pastors' conference, and um, I didn't get to see Dallas at all. I can't stand Dallas, but anyway, uh, it was uh, I was indoors the whole time. This is massive place in Grapevine, Texas, about I don't know five five miles or so from Dallas that we stayed at. And it was a big resort and convention center, (laughs) and it was huge. So I stayed there the whole time. I didn't even get out to see anything. But the important thing is you need to be reminded that there are pastors that are mobilizing the troops. They're rallying the remnant in this country. Um, I got my days mixed up. I said uh, the rest of this week. That means just tomorrow (laughs) on tomorrow's podcast. Got a first-time guest. He's got a book out, and his name is J.B. Hickson. And we'll tell you more about his ministry in a brand new book you can get tomorrow. But I do want to look at next week, uh, Seiko Woods is going to be back with us, that uh, troublemaking uh, black brother conservative down in Texas. I didn't get a chance to see him. I did get a chance to talk to Chris Quintana. And speaking of Chris Quintana, who is like a half hour from Dallas, uh, I talked to him, was it last night the night before. Next Friday, him and Elijah Abraham will be in studio together Tag team, man. They're getting ready for the Prophecy Conference in Appleton. And uh, we'll talk more about that next week. Oh, I missed Thursday next week. Linda Harvey of Mission America. You've got to go to missionamerica.com and check out this calendar of perversity and depravity that they are influencing in the, in the public schools, the uh, curriculum. Check out Linda Harvey's Mission America. Anyway, uh, tomorrow we'll uh, talk to you again. We'll I'll talk with J.B. Hickson. God bless you and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.